Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Leeds Up podcast. I'm James and I'm with Rocco. Hello. Before we dig into the Millwall result, thanks to everyone that listened to Larry Nance Jr. podcast and it was just really, really good chatting to him. And uh, Rocco, your distaste and distrust for Angus Kinnear even got you on BBC Radio Leeds, didn't it? Yeah, it did actually, which was very nice. And Also the Larry interview, I think that was the main thing, wasn't it, <laughs> they wanted to talk about. But they couldn't help but mentioning my... My yeah response on the Kinnear stuff, which was good. I did make a slip up though. So Catherine Hannah asked me um, whether Kinnear should have some credit for the like three or four good years out of five, and I sort of on the spot said, "Yeah, maybe you should." But then afterwards, I realised no, it was all Bielsa. So no, <laughs> I retract that statement. So yeah, that was that. But yeah. Larry was a good bloke, wasn't he? That was a, a, a great interview by you. Well done, James. I'm giving you all the credit for that. No, no. Um, uh, Larry's, Larry's good and he's going to come back on later on the season. So we look forward to that. And uh, yeah, I hope he enjoyed the result as well. But your comments on Angus Kinnear, you can always retract them by writing a written apology on our website, Rocco. I will put it in the footer if you choose to do so. Um, so yeah, thanks again for listening to it. And anyone who's been nice, left kind comments, please go. Just leave us a review on Spotify podcast wherever you listen because all that stuff really helps. And uh, yeah, follow the podcast, subscribe, do all that kind of stuff. I know it's a bit annoying when people ask you to do it. I'm going I'm to ask you anyway. It's our, so, duty. It's, it's our duty. Um, so Millwall at the Den, uh, nothing could go wrong there, could it? I mean, four years ago, October, it was 2-1. We lost. Berardi sending off is my lasting memory of that fixture. Bye-bye. I missed the first five minutes and then loaded it up just as they were blasting in the penalty. Everyone forgets the penalty. It was an unbelievable penalty, like just, yeah, unsavable into top corner. But the decision, I think that was pretty much as bad as you can possibly get. Like for the ref to send Berardi off when like Phillips was covering as a double jeopardy thing. Yeah, that was absolutely insane, even by our standards. So yeah, the law of averages did start evening out in the end, I suppose. We rode a bit of an early storm, didn't we? Yeah, and that was one of those things where it's always cemented Millwall as a bit of a bogey team because they're nothing, like they're nothing special at all, but they just somehow come up good against us. I was looking at the head-to-head and we'd lost 18 times and won 17 and drawn five going into (laughs) the match of the weekend. So yeah, which is sickening really. 
And speaking of Sickman, you know, there's a few of their, I, I say a few of their fans, I don't like any of their fans, but there's a few of their fans that just make disgusting chants, uh, repeat what they are. And yeah, it's just a bit sickening. And there's some cockneys at the bus as the players landed at the den. They were quite funny, <laughs> and they're idiots, but it's quite funny to listen back. There's a few just cockneys just shouting, Oi, Aileen, get a haircut, mate. <laughs> and he just, he just laughed. And so then someone was like, said, Hey, is that, is that Kamara? He used to play for Rangers. He was right good. He was. Yeah, I did uh, see that. It was, I thought it was quite funny to be fair. And then, yeah, they're, they're obviously dropping the C bomb for every player. And then it gets to Melian and they're just like, Oh, butterfingers. <laughs> good one, lads. Well yes. done. The, the only thing I actually like about Millwall is their sponsor. I think it's quite good. So yeah. if we were sponsored by a chocolate bar. What is it? I'm not giving them free advertisements, but <laughs> it's a chocolate brand. I've never seen it in a shop. I've only ever seen it on their shirt. Okay. That's all you need to know. Better than uh, Chupa Chups. Who had them? Someone had them not, not that long Chups. ago. Yeah. Can't remember now. Maybe Hearts or someone. Anyway, uh, that's not interesting. If you know the answer, write in on a postcard to the Leeds That Podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, team looked pretty strong going into that. Byron was back after his injury. I thought he was like doomed. I thought he was going to be out forever. So that was a that was a nice surprise. Uh, I was, to be honest, before kickoff, I was disappointed to hear that Spence was out um, in Farkas press conference in the week. It's, yeah, I mean, Aileen needs some backup or we need someone <laughs> better. It depends which side of the fence you're on. Um, I know our fans definitely have two sides of that fence. What were your thoughts seeing the team? Yeah, I was surprised. I was very surprised that he dropped Shackleton, but we've seen this before already from Farker. He'll just he'll just pick the players that he thinks are best. Um, ruthless man, ruthless, horrible he, man. He is, but a lovely, ruthless man and a good decision maker. Because yeah, by all accounts, Byram had a, a stormer, but also like on Ailing. So like yeah, as I say, I, I was I was working. I've not seen the game, so <laughs> I'm going to be a bit limited here, but. Like on Ailing, there's 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 a couple of there's a couple of things I've seen in the highlights. Like the we'll come on to, but like he played a beautiful ball out for the third goal. It might have been the second or third. I think it was Perot's goal on the counter attack. He did the tackle on the edge of the box and then played a lovely left footed ball into space for James. And and I saw on I saw a clip on Twitter of all Rutter's stuff. And yeah, in there there was another lovely ball over the top that he played first time. So I'm hoping that Ailing's and also there's the, the well, the Ailing flop in the box and then blocking it with his head leading up to the first goal. So he's had a hand in quite a few important moments there. I mean, did he, did he cope all right defensively? Well, the first 10 minutes was weird. I found it quite stressful because I just thought, oh, here we go. We, we literally could not get in their half in the first 10 minutes. And, but then part of me did also think they're going too hard at us here. Like they're not pacing themselves up. Um, I think I expected them to kind of just sit back and sit deep, but they just pressed and it was a bit weird and unexpected. I think that took the team by surprise, to be honest. And there were, were a couple of moments early on defensively with one that s- stood out was, I think Longman took a shot, which which isn't on the normal highlights, it's on the extended highlights on, on LU TV. And he just like he just had loads of space in the edge of the box. And it was and like Ailing should have come out like much sooner. Melia made a great save, like parried it away to his left. Um, and that, that got me a bit nervous because I just thought, oh, is he going to have one of those games? And then, like you say, the, the moment where he sort of fell down and, and, and headed, headed the ball on the floor where they were all, all the cottonies were shouting, M-ball, M-ball. 
was was brilliant. But what it reminded me of was almost like a, a fisherman catching like a, a salmon, and he's like trying to get back to the water. Is the simile that I landed on? I think that's a good one. It was. They did start with a nailing flop, didn't it? Is that how he got himself in that? <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. I'm not going to call it the alien flop anymore. I'm going to call it the brown trout back to the back to the river. I think, I think, I think that works better for me. So yeah, and and obviously we then there was a, they were contesting. It was a freak. It was never a freak in a million years after that when Alien headed it on the ground, and then we broke up the field really quickly. And uh, the thing that's brilliant that I've watched back a few times is Piro's movement, and obviously they did so well to get up the pitch. Rooter running out from midfield into their uh, into their half and then spreading it wide uh, to Nonto. And then Piro does that run sort of past Ruta, just steps over it and creates the space for Ruta to just knock it onto him. And what a, what a touch, what a finish as well. He, he's, yeah, we've just been crying out for that sort of clinicism for ages, haven't we? Absolutely. It was a top-class, top-class goal. And it's so funny. I mean, I, I tweeted about it saying that it was, it was so similar to Uruguay's first goal against Chile, which got a lot of, that sort of was all <laughs> over Twitter for a moment. <laughs> but it was, it was exactly the same movement, you know, the, the pass. Well, so also what I saw last week or the week before um, was Bielsa doing a, like a seminar on, I don't even know if he called it a third man pass or a third man run, but like this was like the, whole, the new thing in football, the big thing that, you know, the most dangerous man is the third man. And it's exactly what Leeds did then. And like Perot to have the presence of mind to do the step over, like the ball was into him, like to know that he would also get it back from Rutter as well is a good sign. You know, clearly they're working together as a partnership. Even Rutter's ball into him was lovely. I mean, it looks a simple pass and it maybe is, but he couldn't have played it better. You know, it, it didn't bobble at all. He hit it. So it was just crisply feet, you know, made it look so easy. And Rutter as well, like you say, on the, on the, on the set, you know, the way he took that ball on the turn, it's just a lovely, lovely touch. Skips past the ref, powers up the field. And then, yeah, it's a, just a great, great goal. It's just like, yeah, it's Premier League class counter-attack. In and around that goal, I was thinking, like, I was, I was thinking back to Bielsa, not in a sort of a longing type of way, but more just a, we're so used to, like, being able to win in a frenetic, like, get up the field as quickly as you can and go all out attack, all out pressing, like all out energy. And it's kind of felt sometime that's the only way that we can win. And so for, for a lot of that game, I was thinking, how, how are we going to win this? Because we've just been like really considered in our passing and how, and, and it's felt like that all season up until this point. And I think the three nil victory in the end did the world a good for my own sort of state of how Leeds play, because it made me think like, yeah, we don't need playing that way to win. There are other ways to win football matches. So it's it's kind of like a, a bit of an education watching Farker ball, uh, and I'm, I'm I'm enjoying it. And in the second half, I, th- I think it was before we scored our second goal. But um, there's 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 something that I, re- I remember. And it's not on any of the highlights. And I want to go w- w- back and watch the full game. But there's a moment where they cleared it out into our half, and Melia was really high up the field, like probably about halfway into our own half. And Ampadu like came running up to him to like give him an option, but he just he just pushed his hands and said, "Get back! Like get back in your box, take the ball back in your box." And I thought that again was like an awakening moment for me of like, yeah, we don't like we we want to suck teams like right in to try and get behind them. There's there's no sort of rushing, and and then it made me also understand. Okay, so when everyone is 
piling on the pressure for Melier to run to the edge of his box and, and spray out wide as quickly as it can. Like you, you can see the plan, you can see the thinking because we can't play that high tempo, high press football all the time. They will just wear out. You know, you've got another game in a few days against Hull, so you need to go in with the same kind of. Anyway, I've, I've yeah, no, it's so. true. It is true, and like I, I mean, I yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll always go back to Bielsa and talk about him and, and reference him and. Yeah, watch Uruguay you, till three in the morning. Self. Yeah, but like I'm, I'm not longing for him. Like I, I'm, I'm absolutely loving what Farker's doing, and and this is the thing as well. I never ever subscribed to this theory that like it was always hard for Marsh because of Bielsa. That's just nonsense to me. I just feel like you know, you know, it's look, we've got a good manager. No one's harping on about Bielsa because like we've got a good manager doing a good thing. If we've got a bad manager, and of course we'd rather have a better manager. So. Yeah, Farker's doing brilliantly. And I mean, yeah, like you look, like you're saying about the way that we play and how patient we are. You know, Ampadu yeah, apparently is, like, sounds like he's had another fantastic game. I mean, what a signing he's been. Like, how, like I wish we could have just had someone like him last season, you know, and same with like Rodon as well. I know they're playing in the championship, so it's hard to say. And if you're coming into a struggling team, very different. But Rodon looks absolutely class. He's just a, he's just a mountain at the back. No, some some of the highlights I've watched, like you, you just know when he's going to win the ball. Like there's no way that he's not going to get there first in a fifty-fifty. He's just he's just everything that we need. He, I mean, I I'm still a big Cooper fan, and it feels like you know it's it's like Cooper is absolute, but like probably looks like better than Cooper's ever been really from what I've seen with him so far, which is high praise from me. I'm not digging Cooper out in the slightest. I'm using that to to say how impressed I am with him. So yeah. Brilliant, brilliant signing. Got bumped on the head though, didn't he? Looked like a, one of those Playmobil figures. I was when they get those bandages, they remind me of the little Playmobil hospital set I had as a kid. They're just like the bandage is just like a head that just got popped. <laughs> Bless him. Um, yeah, I've got, as someone I work with is a, a Spurs fan, and he always sort of checks in on Leeds, and he's checking in on Rodon, and was surprised that they sent him out and Jed Spence to be to be fair. So uh, yeah, we're, we're lucky to have them. Uh, I agree. I think back, the back four were really, really good. Sam Byron was amazing, like linked up well with midfield and coming inside and just just awesome, like really good defensively as well. And um, Strike had a hairy, well, not a hairy moment, we like sort of made a clumsy head to Melier that went out for a corner. And there's a few like little nerves there, but then you, you sort of forget like how young he is as well, don't you? Because he's been around for some time and he's, takes it takes a while to become a top, talent but I'm, I'm sure he will be <laughs> one of the things that, that I laughed at in the, the press conference in the week was Farker was asked about Archie Gray and you know how, how good a talent he is and he, he spent ages like just sort of talking him down um, just saying you know he keep, needs to keep level headed it's important that for me as a manager I, I keep him grounded and, and uh, he just continues learning and then he sort of ended if it carries on going that way, everyone who's a Leeds fan and, and who's an England fan will be really pleased. <laughs> like, so so all that carbon you've done was for nothing. It's completely <laughs> no. undone. Yeah, no, it's like, God, so, yes, he's going to play for England. He's going to win us a World Cup. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it, another one of those performances from him where he was just, yeah, brilliant. Was, and um, Was it as good as he's been? Better than he's been? I'd say it's as good as he's been, yeah. It just, I think he's just solid. Like, you can't, you could not have believed that yeah, from last season, obviously he had some injuries and whatnot, but you just thought, I don't think he's going to get a looking because he's too young. And I didn't think pre-season that he was going to come in. I thought he might be used like here and there and sort of bedded in. But 
the fact that he's come in remained after we've signed Gruev and Kamara as well. It's just brilliant. Like it shows you how good he's doing and, and that Barker doesn't want to spoil that. I'm sure he will have to change him soon because the games are coming thick and fast, but so far it's been really, really good. Yeah. And I didn't expect for a second that he'd be overawed or anything by playing Millwall. Like, you know, he's so level-headed, like nothing. I don't think anything would phase him, to be honest. Like, he just looks like he's born to to play for Leeds and to to be a top footballer. Like, he looks he looks like he knows it, you know, he's very sure of himself. Yeah, yeah. This is the thing, like, getting relegated for him, personally, is probably the best thing that could have possibly happened because having this experience now in the championship, playing in a good team, playing with all these top players surrounding him and, and winning games, and then hopefully next season going into the Premier League and stepping up, um, you know, he'll be ready for that. Because, yeah, it would have been very different, obviously, uh, playing Premier League week in, week out. We obviously drew parallels to Larry Nance Jr. in the last podcast as well, uh, wearing the number 22 shirt, but also their dads have been big, big people within the sport as well, you know, as professionals. And thinking about it as well, there's, you know, you said about him being calm and, and unfazed by it all. I mean, that's got, big parts playing it if you're sort of born in and around football and you've spent time at Ellen Road as a kid and in football grounds surrounded by the nature of how fans and people behave and the atmosphere then it's not going to phase you really is it because it's just something you've always known from a from a young age yeah yeah exactly you'd think so <clears throat> I mean obviously yeah it comes with extra pressure as well by Farker nah. telling everyone he's going to play for England <laughs> exactly yeah no he's, he'll be absolutely fine actually I agree and um Nonto, I noticed, was wearing some blue, white, and yellow boots, or they looked blue, white, and yellow as he was running. I quite like them. I've got that in my notes. That was that was kind of the standout point. No, to be to be fair to Nonto as well, I, I felt a bit sorry for him because he had that sort of he had one of those looks about him where he just, where he probably felt disappointed in himself as though he hadn't had any impact on the game. But I thought he was brilliant, and because he was just doing that thing that he does, where he just runs at them, and they just couldn't couldn't control him and he was just fouled so many times a miracle that their right back didn't get a yellow card to be honest but then he didn't get a yellow card for pulling the shirt so but it was just the sheer volume on him and, and I think that left him a bit frustrated so it's the sort of thing that unlocks the rest of the team as well and I think there probably is going to be a few sacrificial forwards over time and, to, to, and they'll end up bringing in you know will end up bringing in the other other three that are up there so it's nice to have the options isn't it how did how did Somerville do on the other side well, I was looking at his stats and he's sort of scored the lowest on uh, FopMob. And yeah, he, he didn't, he, he ran at them and created a few things, but nothing that really had like a massive impact. But it's that, it's that same thing again of like, maybe you can't all have an impact together. It's, you know, it's sort of one or two or the other, you know, it's kind of, if you, as, as specifically if you're against a team that's going to just defend, I, I know Millwall weren't just sitting deep, but. It's hard to break a team down. And, you know, Somerville didn't have a great game against Wednesday, did he? So, uh, and they were that sort of side. So, I don't know. It's, he didn't have a great game, but I don't think it was his fault. I just think it was the nature of, of how the game went, to be honest. I think when I said about that first time ailing ball over the top, I think it was to send Somerville away. Now you mention it. And he did that. He tried to like lob the keeper. Oh, that's the one. Yeah. That was a good effort that I thought. I mean, I know yeah. it didn't really nearly go in, but it was like, yeah, good thinking. And, not, not that it would have been an unbelievable goal, of course. But yeah, it makes it, you know, it's nice to think that he's sort of, yeah, got that in his locker to come up with something like that, a bit out of the box. When it left his boot, I thought it was in. There we go. Second goal. 
What were your thoughts? Well, actually, my main thought, so this is the one where Ailing spread the play into space, isn't it? Is it? It's Dan James breaks in midfield, plays it out to Rutter, Rutter pulls yeah. it back for James, yeah. So on Don James, that's one of those things where they were obviously like knackered because of like what we said um, earlier on, they were sort of high energy, a lot of pressing in the first half. And I just think they were just done. And then you bring on a player like Dan James and <laughs> you're going to struggle. And he was just finding like little bits of space in the middle and just running at them and they just could not cope. And yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a good goal, that one. I liked the, yeah, I liked, I liked all of it. Dan James well, missing and, and it's squaring to Pereira is brilliant because it's like I, he gets so much stick for like lack of end products and <laughs> that was a great great pass that one I know it was it was it better than his second assist I'm not quite sure I mean to be quite honest with you I I completely think that it was Rutter's fault that like it wasn't it was it, like the pass into him was behind him and he had to sort of try and adjust his feet. He might even, and this is being kind, but he might even have realised that he couldn't get it on target and just shunted it into Pirro's path. Maybe. But, yeah, good play beforehand. And the ball into Rutter was perfect. Like, that, that was perfectly played. And that, that was the ball that created the goal, to be fair. You know what, like, Rutter's, like, everything else we couldn't really miss. It was three on two. So, exactly. yeah. There's absolutely no way he has fallen on his face looking like a dick on purpose. <laughs> well, it was Rutter's no fault. If, if Rutter had played the ball perfectly, then Dan James slots it home. You imagine rather than celebrating, he goes over to Rutter. He's like, you made me look like an absolute dick. <laughs> you could have played that pass properly. And uh, yeah, so on, on the third goal, Aylin wins it back in defence, uh, pings a ball out quickly to DJ, I believe uh, Luke Aylin calls him. Uh, yeah, again... Dan James sprinting up the field as quick as he can with the ball and Rooters sort of peeling off, running into the middle, into the 18-yard box. And like you already said, lovely pass. Didn't ricochet off anyone, just where he wanted it. Yeah, threaded the needle, didn't he? And yeah, Rutter's finish, absolutely glorious. Like side foot, slamming it into the roof of the net like that. Uh, Left foot as well. Jesse did say he was the most two-footed player he'd ever seen, so there was some evidence of it. The first touch might have been a bit heavy, uh, or it might have been perfect. I'm not bothered, but the second touch is absolutely magnificent. The best thing about that goal, there's a replay from like the Leeds fans' perspective. So you can see when Ailing spreads the ball, you can see the whole pitch for the rest of the counter-attack. And the Leeds team is sprinting upfield, maybe not sprinting, but like running upfield, like loads of them to support the attack, which of course... It's like Bielsa, and so I really appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> oh dear. And then they celebrated with a cake that was in the shape of Bielsa's face in the corner flag. <laughs> God. Oh dear. Yeah, I've told you, he's got books to sell. You can't not mention him. Um, available at leadsat.com. So, yeah, and that was beautiful. It was uh, just a great day. Like, and, and the fallout from it on Twitter of like Millwall fans in in a bit of a meltdown and watching all the videos in the den of that the bouncing man in the tracksuit that kind of thing just just brilliant and these are the days that you live for as a football fan aren't they against teams like Millwall yeah it feels good to to finally put them to the sword and yeah I saw some of those videos it's well the one I think it was the first goal that was my favourite like to the it's like the stand to the left of the Leeds fans from the camera's view. So you, like you see the Leeds fans celebrating in the background, but they're just so furious about that 
stupid penalty appeal and ridiculous free kick appeal. And yeah, to see Rowett chuntering on in the fourth officials here as well, like just makes the victory so much sweeter because yeah, they're just, well, in my opinion, humble opinion, I think Millwall are the scum of the scum. So great to beat them. It was good. Great day to be had. And yeah, just very happy. I'm just skimming through Twitter now to see if there's anything that I've, I've forgotten, but I don't think, well, there's loads of stuff. I mean, we could go on for hours, but uh, it's late. Rocco's, Rocco's, <laughs> Rocco's only just coming from his ventures away we were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, actually, one thing to add. I don't know if you saw Rocco, but I think it might have been Baron Cross posted a video of Farker at the final whistle as well, going up the way end and uh, giving them a round of applause. Not really seen him do much of that, have we? No, he's been very careful not to be dancing on any tables. He's said that a couple of times. So, yeah, maybe he's not quite dancing on tables yet, but yeah, six points over the next three day, three or four days. And then, yeah, well, well, I am dancing on tables already. I am so happy. Like, you know, it just feels, it feels like it's all come together and we've got a really good team and a decent looking squad behind it. We don't know about Kamara and Gruev yet, of course, um, but still in other key positions, like I'm sure we can fill gaps. So unless we have, a horrendous injury curse. Uh, I think we're going to be right up there, definitely. I think we're a, a really good side. And I do feel like the pressure's not going to be as great as it has been in the past. So that's in our camp as well. We're, we're doing really well. And Farker's just, yeah, I never thought I'd, I'd like him like I do. He's, he's just brilliant. Yeah, he's good. And he's a good man, which is what we need. And uh, you mentioned horrific in- injuries. One thing that came out today was obviously Jed Spence is out roughly eight weeks so he's going to mm-hmm. be back after the next international break, I think. Is that right? Doesn't a bit longer. Be probably after the, after the second, after the November one. That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, so he's probably going to miss about 10 games, which isn't ideal because we need that competition for Luke Aylin, obviously. But then, you, you know, you mentioned Shackleton earlier and hopefully that's, that's a healthy comp- bit of competition there. So let's see. Can't worry. I'll dwell on that too much. Just worry about the players that are there. But yeah. Anything else to cover off Rocket? Well, we you, need to do our map rather match than player ratings. You have to run through the player ratings, yeah. God. And I can't help this you is, whatsoever. This is, your, this is your bloody job. Why is this landed on me? <laughs> All right, so I guess them from, from no, the I'm, snippets. I'm only joking. Um, so, Melier, I think he made some very good saves. Another clean sheet. I'm going for eight. Nice. Are you writing these down? Sorry. Yes, I am. Don't worry, I, I, I listen back. I can write them down. I'll write them down in the morning. You're, you're, you're one of our three listeners. And Byram, I'm going to go eight as well. In fact, Good. it's all back four, eight. Nice. And I'm going to go, yeah, eight, Arch Gray, Ampadu. I'm going to go a seven for Willie, which yeah. is a bit hard, but you know, he did try to leave the club. <laughs> Joel Pirro, I am going to eight. Yeah, it's got to be minimum. Somerville, 6.5. Oh, we're doing that away. Yeah, My dad'll uh, be furious. Oh, Just yeah, get... no, I'm not, I'm not upsetting David. God. Seven. Seven. He can have a seven. And Will, uh, sorry, not Willie, I've not already done it. Uh, Ruta, eight. Was he, I heard that he was very hard working off the ball. He was really good. Ruta was had a fantastic game. Yeah, worked his, worked his balls off, let's say. Um, he was, what, he was very, what, very good. What do you think? If he had, a, well, he's got one goal and one assist. Maybe if he had a got, if he had a got two goals, I would have given him a nine. Yeah, good. Well, I'd just like to put on record that I 
feel like I was completely wrong about Rutter. He looks a great player and a top lad. So if you're listening, Jorginho, I'm really sorry for doubting you. And I love um, you very dearly. I am very pleased that you know, the away end of singing Jorginho, Jorginho. He got a bit of it when I was there and from and the, the Leeds fans were, yeah, getting excited, excited about him. And he, he enjoyed it a bit. He was like a little clap when he went for a corner, but I think he was fully embracing it at Millwall. And he, he deserves it. It's like, I saw, I saw a Millwall fan talking about you know, oh, well, you can't blame us. You know, they've spent 35 million on this place. It's like, yeah, but <laughs> I mean, he's starting to look very good now. <laughs> he wasn't 35 million pound when we bought him. No. And he also so. pulled out the Alioski, whatever, whatever the face that he pulled is called. <laughs> he Here, did that. that. Moose Holmes. Uh, yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> so as close as you're going to get. He needs a name. So hang on. <laughs> Dan James. Pen. Could we do a 10.5? Has he got. Did he get two assists? Yeah, of course did he, he did. Two assists? God, he yeah. did, didn't he? Oh, God. Are we going eight? No, we yeah. can't give him an eight. Yeah, you can't. All right, he finished off the game for us. Rocco bullied me. Right, eight is. <laughs> and the other two, the the other subs didn't really play enough. Oh, did they? Thomas? Uh, he called Kamara Thomas. got about ten minutes, didn't he? Thomas. Anthony. Is he called Anthony. Thomas Anthony? What's he doing? Yeah, <laughs> so I've been away for about two weeks. There were no <laughs> plays for us anymore. <laughs> Thomas Anthony, we'll have him. Thomas Anthony, we'll sign him. <laughs> and then he Thomas. And yeah, I mean, he came on in the seventieth minute. He did. He did good actually. Like the, there was a penalty shout. Um, which he, had he not got his shot away, I think he would have probably got a penalty. But he sort of. Oh yeah. He didn't really seem to appeal though, did he? It was a funny one though. Well, that's the sort of man that we like. You know, someone who gets on with it. Bielsa. Bielsa esque. <laughs> Bielsa would have loved him. Joe Gilhart didn't really get enough time. Gruev was 89th minute. So Kamara, I'd probably say, yeah, seven and a yeah, seven yeah. for Jane Anthony, Thomas Anthony, whatever you want to call him. Brilliant. Nice one. That's great. I'm really happy man, with those ratings. Man of the man. I, I don't know, to be honest. I'm going to, well, no, I do know. I'm going to give it to Ruta. Uh, Piro scored two, was brilliant and is going to be a game changer for us. But Ruta's just starting to come good. He just had a great game. Did did everything right. Couldn't didn't put a foot wrong. And yeah, I think I love him. I love him. Wow, what a shot! I love that little meme as well. <laughs> what a guy. Did did Rutter play up front again with Perot behind, or what did they do? Did he change it a bit? Yeah, I think they swapped around a bit because there was moments where Rutter just came deep and then ran with the ball. I think that's what he's really good at. Is and he did it at Ipswich, to be fair, where he turned quite quickly and just gallop up the field with the ball. He's sort of like stooping gait that he's got when he runs. Yeah, I love they interchanged a bit. Pirro played higher than he did in the Wednesday game, which I think worked. So it definitely worked. We won. And he scored twice. Yeah, exactly. Right, cool. Are we going to back after the whole game if you're away? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? We're going to win. So got to make hay while the sun shines, don't we? Yeah. Hull are doing well, I saw. Like oh, no. fifth in the league. And what's going on with Preston? Are they actually good or is this just a championship style Who knows? fast start? We'll soon find out on Wednesday when we're pumped 7-0 or something. And then <laughs> never record a podcast again. So yeah, we'll be back after the whole game and then we'll probably do one at the weekend as well because we're in that kind of mood. Well, if things are going well, we will. Fair weather podcast. <laughs> yeah, have a cracking few days. Yeah, we'll catch you soon.
Social Podcast Network.